Hello, welcome to Soberish, the I never have anything to say for this part, so I should really get rid of this bit podcast. I am so excited, you guys. I'm here with P, the fairy. Uh, that's how you can find her on Instagram. Uh, we are going to talk about human design, which I have been doing the worst possible description <laughs> of. I'm always like, have you ever heard of human design? And then people are like, no, what is that? And I'm like, uh, okay, it's like astrology, except for there's like four things, but then there's a bunch of other things. And I'm a manifesting generator, and uh, I really have to have someone on uh, who knows what it is. So I can't wait to talk about that. Um, I usually start out by asking uh, how you woke up, what your experience with your awakening cool. was. Cool. So um, I've been like spiritual since I was about six years old. Um, but I was like a super devout Christian because that's what I was raised in. Um, both of my parents are West Indian and they tend to be quite religious. Um, so I was involved in that and I could like kind of see things like spirits or like what I thought were dead people when I was younger. Um, but it was very confusing because they don't really talk about that very much um, in Christianity. So. Yeah. I was super devout up until I was 22. Um, and then I had sex for the first time. And I am a Scorpio. I have four different signs in Scorpio. Um, so like sex in Scorpios tends to be a very interesting dynamic. Um, but I had sex. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, I God doesn't hate me. Like I can still feel the same love that God had for me before. And I just like <gasps> sinned in like the way that my family says is like the Oops, worst hold way on, to we sin. Froze a little bit okay there we go sorry oh that's the other thing i meant to tell you is i hate uh remote podcasts for this but sometimes it'll freeze and i'll just have you repeat so uh god still has the same love yes. for me and then you froze um yes so god still loves me the same before i did what i thought was the worst sin um and after so i'm like wait uh hold on, I still feel the same connection. I don't really understand what that means. And so after that, I just started, like all the doubts that I had about religion, I guess, it all like came to the surface because I was like, well, everything you guys told me, I'd, like the main thing, my main thing was my connection with God and that didn't go away and I just sinned. So like, I don't even know if you guys are telling the truth about all these other things, but I do know that there is this, voice that's always talking to me um and that doesn't seem to go away so i'm just going to stick with the voice and that feeling um and maybe that will take me to where i have to go so that happened and then um uh the guy i was dating it was him that i like had sex with lost my virginity to um we had a bunch of issues i went into a depression um and then i met this kid not kid, he's not, he's, he's an adult, but, um, when I met him, when, <laughs> when he was, like, I was 22, I think, and he was 19, so it was a very, like, youthful thing, um, but I was kind of immediately obsessed with him for some reason, um, and I didn't really understand it, but, uh, I was, had this weird compulsion to talk to him all the time, and then one day he showed me this book called Think and Grow Rich, and I read it, and my brain melted, and I was, like, what? Like, I, wait, I don't understand how, I wasn't taught any of this. Um, I can create my reality. I don't, what are you talking about? 
Um, so I just started reading a bunch of books and uh, started looking into um, Abraham Hicks and started like watching all their videos on YouTube. Then um, after that, uh, we hadn't talked for a long time, me and this kid. And then one day he told me, he was just like, hey, so there's these things called fractals. Cause his voice literally sounds like this. He's like, there's these things called fractals. Just, he's like, you need to get super high and watch these videos of fractals and just do it. Just listen to a song you like and do it for two hours. So I did that for two hours and was weeping and crying. Um, and like, I felt like my brain and my heart just kind of broke open. Um, and then since then, I've just been trying to figure out how to become a god <laughs> since that day because something I was. I was able to like see energetics after that point. Like I could, I could see energetic exchanges um, for like 24 hours after that. It was really exhausting. Um, and it was a very strange experience. Um, but I was like, something's going on that I don't understand on this planet and I need to figure it out now. And so it's been a journey since then. And that was, it's been probably about three years ish, or like maybe a little bit over three years. It was the end of 2016 was when I went into the depression. And so now I am here. Wow. I love it. I love that you still felt your connection to God after having sex. Cause I feel like that is the, like the saddest thing about religion or indoctrination is like how it disconnects people from their connection with God because they just go into that shame cycle. Yeah. And yeah, um, shame. I love that you were just like, no, it's, <laughs> it's right here. I love that. What does the fractals do? You look at the fractals. I really like don't know what it was supposed to do. Um, but the fractals basically, uh, like you zoom into them and it continues to like create like images. Um, but it's like the same repeating image over and over again. It's called the Mandelbrot set. If you look it up on YouTube, um, it's M-A-N-D-E-L-B-R-O-T space S-E-T. So Mandelbrot set. Um, but it's just a bunch of fractals like spinning into each other, but it's the same image repeated over and over again. Um, and I don't know, it did something weird to my head. It felt very psychedelic at the time. I've never, I never did psychedelics at that time, but my brain was like, oh my God. And I just kept crying. It was a lot. God, that's wild. That is, um, when I first woke up. Uh, I sounded insane telling people that like, we're going to cure our, our brains by listening to electronic music and, and look at back then it was Winamp was all we had. We just had like, and Winamp was just like, uh, screensavers. <laughs> I mean, they, they would like sync up to the music, but they were like, what they were like old school screensavers. But that's what it's like. And, yeah. And I was like, no, no, this is how we, I called it virtual reality therapy. And I was like, we can rewrite our consciousness with this. And I try to like build things. This is like 2001. I try to like build like things that go around your head with like cardboard. So it's just like you and the, the fractals. And like, now we can do that with actual virtual reality therapy in our phones. But, um, yeah, it's just wild. It's like 20 years later, watch how many of my insane meth ramblings. <laughs> You're right. I turned all my lights off and started watching these things spinning around in my brain. I was enlightened after that. So, <laughs> oh, um, all right. Where do we start? I want everyone to go follow you on Instagram. I love your Thank art you. so much. Thanks. Um, I'm always showing Mark 
my favorite art on Instagram and I had shown, he loves your art so much. And so you did the um, artwork for his podcast. Thanks for that. Um, It was so sick. I'm very jealous. (laughs) Um, So uh, definitely. And then you like people can commission. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It it takes some time, but yes, totally. Um, As long as it's not boring. I like, yeah. Fun ideas only. (laughs) I don't like, yeah, I don't want to do yeah, no things. boring. Like I don't want to do Please. like infographics. Oh. I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the listenership of this podcast is pretty <laughs> yeah. weird. So yeah, I it's usually not on that on that spectrum. Um, all right, let's talk human design. I um, am terrible at describing it. Do you have a Do you have a, a less yeah. terrible way of describing yeah, well it. i don't know if that's terrible but um i have a little spiel <laughs> so human design the way that i view it is see it as like an energetic blueprint or map to who you came to be who you incarnated to be so i see life as a video game and to me human design is the traits that you kind of clicked on before you came there's 64 different gates that are possible just like 64 different genes and you can turn them on or off and so the gates in human design will determine your type and your profile and your incarnation cross, which are basically to tell you who you are. Um, But they're just traits that you turned on before you incarnated. And human design shows you which traits you turned on and what that turns on in your body. And so um, it uses the chakra system predominantly and based off of what gates you have turned on, certain chakra points will turn on and that will determine one of the five types that you are. And based off of those types, it will determine how you interact with the universe and other people and how to smoothly kind of move through life in a way that's most efficient. That's pretty much what it is. It's like an, uh, a, a manual for how you energetically want to move through the universe. I love that. I love that. That's such a better description. Um, so people had like messaged me and asked me if I knew about it. I think starting maybe when the podcast started, but then I did, uh, a, uh, reading with someone who's actually going to come on and talk about human design again later. Um, and she sent me some stuff and I still, it still didn't really click yet, or I just like, didn't fully invest in it yet. And then um, I think it was actually listening to someone else talk about their human design as a projector. So I live in a house with three projectors. Uh, Lacey, Mark, and Nate Jeez. are all projectors. Um, I'm a manifesting generator. And the, um, the most interesting, and I don't know a ton about it yet, but the most interesting thing to me about it is the access that people have to their energy. Yep. Right. So who creates the most energy? So, okay, well, real quick, we've got manifestors, Mm -hmm. generators, manifesting Mm -hmm. generators, projectors, and reflectors. Exactly. And manifesting generators are a subtype of generators. So they're generators first and foremost. It's just that they have manifestor qualities. Um, Oh, and I'm a manifesting generator too. So manifestors can create energy. Um, They have an aura that actually can shrink other people's auras because it's so it's here to kind of um, it's very penetrative. It's like, I'm going to 
make something happen. I'm going to impact you. That's manifestor energy. Um, generators are able to consume and like replicate energy. We're able to feed other people with the energy that we consume. Um, and so they kind of keep the world alive. It's like a battery. Um, so batteries don't actually create power. They hold power and they're able to give the power to other people. And generators have consistent access to the power that's available. Um, the projectors, they don't actually have an energy so source. They don't have like a motor to any part of them. Um, so they're actually more of the watchers and guides um, because they actually absorb a lot of wisdom from other people. They have a lot of open chakra centers, which means that there's a lot of energy from other people constantly flowing in and out of them. And the residue, that's what I call it. I, that sounds gross, but the residue of other people's energy kind of leaves wisdom in their bodies. And so they're able to hold a lot of information. Um, and it usually only comes up when someone invites them to speak. Um, so projectors are here to kind of be the guides and be a little distant from energetic society. Um, and then the reflectors, did I skip one? No, reflectors, um, they are here to mirror back to everyone else what is going on. Um, they actually will show what's happening in someone's like direct environment. If their family is not feeling too good, the reflector will like obviously show that they're not feeling good because reflectors actually absorb information and amplify it out to everyone else. Um, and they're a really good barometer of where you are in life when you're talking to a reflector. And then there's the hybrid type, which is the manifesting generator. And the manifesting generators have access to their throat chakra. Um, and the throat chakra in human design is about expression and like manifestation. Um, but not in the like, I'm, I want a car, so let's manifest a car type of way. Um, they have access to bringing something outside of themselves. And they have access to the energy that makes things. Um, but generators, they're not like manifestors. They can't actually make stuff happen. Um, it's still supposed to happen in response. So like they still have to like pick up the energy first and then do something with the energy. Whereas manifestors can just kind of be like, it's, it's here now. Here you go. Okay. So, um, uh, a couple things I don't want to forget. So one thing I read about reflectors is that, go ahead. Uh, is that it takes them an entire lunar cycle to make a decision. That's my worst nightmare. I must, I doubt I have any reflectors in my life because it takes me 32 seconds yeah. to make a decision. And I feel utterly stalled out by anyone who wants to take a reasonable <laughs> amount of time to think. I'm just like, I'm, I had one moment. What do you need? Like, what are you? Well, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cause you are a manifesting generator. And I, believe um when i did your chart your spleen is also defined which means that like your instincts are kind of like definitely there um all the time and so manifesting generators because they have this like manifestor energy to them and manifestor energy is very like do let's go come on um manifesting generators tend to have this um they remind me of arrows like they like you go fast and it's very direct and they hit a lot of things um, and do many things in one lifetime because they're going so fast. Um, reflectors, the reason they have to wait so long is because they don't actually have um, a decision-making center in their body. So what they have to do is absorb information from everyone and like the neutrinos floating through the sky. So like the planetary movements um, in the way that the moon moves, they have to absorb all of that energy. And within a month, they're able to accumulate enough wisdom to make a decision. It's almost like they sampled a piece of every part of the world 
and they can make a collective universal decision at the end of that 28 days. Um, and so the wisdom comes from them waiting and absorbing things. That's so interesting. And they're very small yes, percentage. There's of like them, 1% right? of the population, two or 1%, I think of the population is reflectors. And weirdly enough, I did a reading today, my first reading for a reflector, um, like two hours ago, of course I did that. And you mentioned reflectors. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, what is the most common? Um, generators. Generators in total make up 70% of the population, but it's divided into two. Um, so 33% of the population is manifesting generators and the other half is generators. Well, there's actually a few more generators than manifesting generators, um, but generators are the most common, which makes sense because okay. they power up every, they basically keep everybody alive um, and keep everybody from like okay. becoming zombies pretty much. Okay. So um, I went out of town last week two weeks ago and left the three projectors here by themselves. And they all three were texting me like, when are you coming back? <laughs> and um, is that because I'm the battery? Cause yep. I thought they were all just being nice. Yeah. yeah. They were all like the energy has shifted. <laughs> Generally, especially manifesting generators because manifestor energy is so unique. Um, Manifesting generators definitely uh, have an effect on the people around them, especially when you're in a good mood or you're doing things that you enjoy. You like superpower people up. Um, and a lot of people don't have access to energy without having a generator around. So like for projectors, I recommend if they're trying to get something done, go to like cafe or something um, and then like use other people's energy and like get things done that way. Uh, but if you're OK with only working like three hours a day, which is what is recommended for projectors, then you could stay home, but you're you're probably going to be done after a few hours. Um, and you'll be like, I need to take a nap. <laughs> I've had enough. Wow, this is blowing my mind right now. Um, yeah, because like Mark goes down to the studio sometimes to to work or do stuff, and sometimes he's like, I don't feel like doing it. And then my instinct is like, Do you want me to come down there with you? And I don't do anything. I just sit there and play on my phone for the most part. But he had something to get done, and then I just feel like, Am I just trying to hang out? Because I am just trying to hang out. But then he's like, But then it like gets done. Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. And and projectors, they're actually they're here for generators in particular, um, because well, so. In the history of human design, manifestors in earlier times were like the kings and queens of nations because they're able to create worlds. Like they could decide like, oh, this is the law. This is what we're doing now. This is what this means. Um, here's the truth of everything. And so manifestors kind of decided what was real. Um, and so they were able to kind of rule over the generators and the manifesting generators. Um, but what happened is that there's a shift in consciousness. And so people were able to kind of be a bit more self-sufficient. They didn't need manifestors to create worlds for them as much. The world was kind of working on its own and generators could function without needing to have someone decide what was true for them. Um, and so uh, the newest type, which is projectors, that's they started being born, like more and more projectors started being born. And that's because projectors kind of guide from a distance rather than tell people what to do. It's like, hey, ask me questions and I'll give you advice. Um, and so projectors are kind of here to help the flow of generation or generator energy throughout the world. Um, they're not here to control anyone, but they, they can tell what you should do. Um, so projectors and generators go together like this. They're, they're supposed to connect. Interesting. I'm thinking about this in relation to... Um, arsenal image setter in relation mm. to like roles in the ascension. 
Um, one thing that rang really true for me is uh, because I definitely, hold on a second, I gotta let this dog out. Um, previous to finding out about human design, I definitely can, sorry, just keep, uh, bringing this back to me, uh, considered myself like a manifest, like someone who manifests reality very well, but there are so many things in my life that I created and then they didn't come forward or I got bored before it, you know, before the lag of manifestation. And then I would go do something else and then the thing comes back. And someone, I read somewhere that for manifesting, that might've been the reading from you, manifesting generators, the answer is either yes or not yet. Yep. Do I have that yes, right? it's either yes, no, or not yet. But not yet is also no. Okay. But then does that have to do with like why that, also I, I create my best things like in reaction yes, to exactly. something. So like I take a hit and then I manifest my way out of it. Or, exactly. Okay. Um, and manifesting generators, uh, because they move so fast, tend to like run and like teleport around. I feel like manifesting generators don't run, they teleport. Um, but what happens is when you teleport, sometimes you make mistakes uh, because you're moving so fast. Like it's, it's a very new way of moving and people aren't really used to shifting around like that. And so manifesting generators have a tendency to make mistakes. And so things will come back around so that you could fix it um, because we tend to skip steps instead of like going through the process. And we don't always have to go through a, a linear process, but oftentimes we might misstep a little bit um, and we need to catch back up. But we're here to respond to things. Even if you're a manifesting generator, response is the easiest way and the most efficient way to get things done is acting and I love response. it mm -hmm. um just out of curiosity do you like uh from arsenal image setter royalty so like demolition of the old reality creator of the new reality healer uh which one of those do you resonate with most uh probably image setter i think um okay. Okay. What's the royalty one again? Can you describe that? Royalty is like healers, readers. It's it's a um, like the medic. Okay, I guess like okay, so like a little royalty, but mostly image setter. Um, okay, but uh, the the reason why? So um, actually, there's a thing in human design called your motivation, um, which is like uh, another part of it's like when you get really kind of deep into it. Um, but your motivation kind of tells the reason why you do things. And my motivation is um, innocence. And so like, I don't really have an agenda necessarily. Like there's, like I, I, I would prefer if like society progressed forward, um, but also in the back of my head, I'm always like, well, who's to say that that's the right thing? Um, so I'd rather focus on like what I want to experience rather than society. Um, so I, I have compassion for society and I want them to get to experience whatever it is that they want to experience, but I don't know what direction that is necessarily. Um, so like arsenal energy for me, I don't really know how to hold that too much because I feel like that's very like, we're going to go this way. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's the way, like I'll, I'll go whatever way I will help you go whatever way you want to go. Um, and so that is, it's kind of weird for me to like, pick a side with things um and so healing sometimes is a little strange for me because 
that's assuming that healing is the right thing to do. Um, and I don't know if that's the right thing to do. What if healing is not the right thing to do? But if that's what you want to do, I'll help. Um, and so yeah. that's why I don't really consider myself the royalty. I'd rather be an image setter because like, I'm going to be myself and you can watch that. And if that's helpful for you, perfect. That's the, that's the ideal thing for me is that you let, that you watch me be myself. And that's great. I love that. What are the, um, how many, um, uh, how many, um, motivations are there um there is fear need guilt um fear need guilt desire and where are innocence there's one more oh i'm completely blanking on the sixth one um i'm gonna google it real quick those are really interesting motivations guilt desires innocence why am i blanking on that not once desire need innocence fear ah, hope. hope yes and guilt I'm trying to think of which one I saw on mine. You, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, yours is need, I believe. I can actually look really quick if you want. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, your 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 motivation is fear. Ooh. Yeah. Um fear motivation is it's about safety and like providing safety for the tribe. That's pretty much what the fear motivation is. It's it doesn't mean that like you have to live in fear for the rest of your life, but you're someone who wants to get people away from the danger. That's your motivation. Okay. Like get over there that will keep you safe. That makes sense. I feel like right now, and I don't know if this is connected to this or anything, but I feel like the level of my personal evolution uh, for the last couple of years has been about conquering my own security systems. Mm. Like these things that got me through my traumatic younger life, this like, like tough exterior, this like pushing people away, this like, all of these protective mechanisms have been become detrimental to me, like rogue programs. That makes sense. Um, it might have been, that I've been you trying might just to be. have evolved the the type of fear that is your motivation. Um, yeah, because like for me, innocence wasn't. It didn't always feel good to have like the motivation of innocence. Um, because when I was in college, I like went through this activism phase, but it felt really weird for me. Um, I felt, I felt angry, but I was just like, but I can't do anything. Like I, I had this, it, it turned into like, life is pointless. Why can I, why can't I, like, I can't do anything about this. Life is cyclical. It's going to repeat itself anyway. So like, what's the point of me trying to fix this? Um, and so that's, that's what the innocence was when I was younger, but now it's turned into, well, 
there is no meaning. Um, so we can create like everything is perfect because there is no meaning. Um, so it's evolved from a very dark place to a place of like, oh, this is perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so we've got five types, six motivations. Yeah, but motivations. I wouldn't worry about it um, because it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't really add to your chart until later. It can kind of explain why you might be a certain way, um, but it doesn't really help you to know the motivation necessarily, okay. um, unless you just happen upon it. But there's there's a lot of. I feel like I should look into the guilt thing because I feel like I'm doing a lot of shit talking on guilt and maybe that's some people's... uh... That's true. Um, Some people can be motivated by guilt. Um, But... In a way that's positive? Um, And I wish... I wish they didn't use the word guilt. Um, I feel like I wish they used like remorse or like the need need to change. Um, I wish that they used that. Uh, The guy who created human design, Ra, his name is Ra Uruhu, but he had really intense words for a lot of things um, that I didn't necessarily, I, I don't really agree with some of the words that he uses. So for instance, like one of your lines is the third line is the line of the martyr. And like, I feel like that's an intense line to like call someone. Um, and I wish there was another, I wish he called it something else. Um, but guilt motivation is just all about like needing to shift things. Like oh, this has to change. I should probably change it. Um, and that's what they get motivated by. Like they no- they notice like flaws and things and they're like, ah, oh, that needs to be addressed. I should address that. Excellent. God, I'm just thinking about, uh, and I've thought about this so much in the last six months, how we are all these different energies and how much we exhaust ourselves arguing with people about what their energy yes. is. Yeah. Human design, I feel like, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open-minded, but it's opened my mind so much more because I can look at someone and I'm like, well, maybe this is their type and this is what they have to go through. Um, like my partner, um, he is an emotional type. So his emotions are defined on his chart. And so like, he experiences things like his, his emotions like last for a long time and they really affect him. Um, and they seem to, to like be a bit more present than mine. And I had a hard time. If I didn't know human design, I would be so confused. I'd be like, why can't you just get over this? Like, I don't understand, like move past it. We're done talking about this. I don't understand why you're not done. Um, but I know that emotional types actually have to process things for like maybe up to 24 hours. It could be up to three months. They have to process things before they can reach clarity. Um, and so I'm able to understand a lot more about people. Um, and even like recognize where some faults might be. Cause there's certain people like, for instance, like open throat centers, they have a hard time being heard. And so sometimes they will interrupt people or they will like, be loud at like awkward moments and make people really uncomfortable. Um, But like, there's just different things, different traits that could pop up because of various parts of their charts. And I, it's made me so much more open. I'm like, Oh, people are just wired differently, (laughs) which we know this, but like they literally are wired energetically differently. Yeah. Fuck. The martyr thing is, um, so those are lines between your sensors? No. So they are lines in um, I Ching. Um, so there's different lines that your, 
that you can be expressed. Um, and it goes from like one to six, just like the motivations. Those are also lines. Um, but in the profile, there are six lines. The first one is the line of the investigator. The second is the line of the hermit. The third is the line of the martyr. The fourth is the line of the opportunist. The fifth is the line of the heretic. And the sixth is the line of the role model. And so when they're in your profile, it basically just expresses um, how other people see you and how you connect with other people and how the universe kind of gets things to you. Um, it's like, for me, in a video game, I feel like it's the equipment you put on. It's like your the armor you put on, the type of armor. Um, yeah. And maybe like you could recognize by looking at someone like, oh, they have orange armor on they're this type which means that they can attack in these three ways and i have this armor on which means that i can like attack or defend in these three ways um and so that's kind of how i see the the lines in that portion of your chart that's so interesting um what are there was something about an incarnation cross yes. what is that so the incarnation cross is a combination of a person's conscious sun placement. And so on a human design chart, there's two rows um, of little blocks with numbers in them. And then in the center, there's a chakra chart. And so those two rows, um, the incarnation cross is made up of the four first little blocks. Um, and so that'll be your conscious sun and your conscious earth. And that's going to be the first two blocks on the left side. They're in black. And then on the other side in red, you have your unconscious sun and your unconscious earth. And in combination, those four things create your, it's the most in like prominent energy in your chart. Uh, some people would call it like your role. I like to call it like your, your sorry, your purpose. Um, I like to call it like your, your strongest energy or your avatar. Like it's what your avatar came here to do. Um, and there's 160 some of them. So people have different, a bunch of different um, incarnation crosses, but basically it, it shows the energy that you bring to wherever you are. Um, and if you're fulfilling your purpose, um, quote unquote, um, this energy tends to affect other people in a certain way. And it also shows um, maybe to me, I feel like because we're playing a video game, it also shows like what, you wanted to show like what what you wanted to bring to the universe what you wanted to bring to earth it's like whatever you you pull this from the stars and you're like this energy is really important i need to bring this down to earth with me and so i decided to bring in this incarnation cross what is your mine is the left angle cross of defiance too um and basically That's <laughs> it's it's kind of weird basically i say no to everything um or like someone could be like this is how you do this and i'm like no i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> i love that um that's my favorite but, that's that's what i'm here to do is just say no to everything that everyone tells me if anyone says that i need to do something a certain way i'm like ah, i'll reconsider i think i'm gonna do it a different way um and so that was my incarnation cross was defiance uh, huge fan, huge fan of options. Um, what about mine? Something sleeping yes. Phoenix. Um, yours is. Where are we? Yours is the right angle cross of the sleeping Phoenix one. Um, and so something to remember. So, okay. 
it's going to be interesting to explain. Um, you, because you have a profile that has the small number in front of the larger number, sorry, I'm like typing things at the same time to pull up your incarnation cross. Um, because you um, have a small number in front of your large number, karmically, you don't really have like past lives to repair this lifetime. Um, you're here to create karma. You're here to um, like make some sort of change on the earth. Um, when I think about karma, I think about a tree being planted and then um, people who are here to resolve karma are like the decomposers. They're here to kind of break down the tree that was planted and turn it into something else. Um, so you plant the tree and my type like eats the tree and then poops it out basically. Um, and so um, your incarnation cross is kind of like a self-serving one. You're here really like mainly for your own experience. When you incarnated, you wanted to affect yourself. You wanted to experience certain things and that's why you came to earth. Um, and so like, obviously you help a lot of people, but that's because you wanted to experience the, the feeling of helping a lot of people um, rather than coming to actually make it your purpose to help a lot of people, if that makes any sense. So like you're, the being that incarnated into you wanted to see what it's like to be that helper. Um, and you are helping, but it's not because you have to. Um, so you could actually do it in, you could work out your purpose in a way that doesn't involve other people at all. Um, and so that's something to remember. It's like karmically, you didn't really come here to save people. That's really interesting. Cause, uh, Mela did a, um, did a reading once for me that was like my soul contract and, uh, or she was doing, yeah, it was something else. And then like my soul contract came up and I was like, uh, what is it? And she goes, you're going to think it's lame, but it's just literally to just come be yourself just to hang out and party, do whatever you want. And, uh, it weirdly, as much as I am like driven and determined to like see the shift and everything else, there really is a, um, utterly voluntary uh sensation about it and also although i don't think this is my first time playing this role i'm complete i would be completely lying if i didn't say i'm enamored with the role of like fighting the powers that be for the underdog like i'm i'm i i think i play this game <laughs> a lot and i think i am i completely enjoy it um and so, yeah, it almost feels, it's like, uh, it makes me uncomfortable, so, like getting compliments about it or whatever. Cause I think people think it's like some just like endless service on my part. And I'm like, <laughs> it's really rewarding. I'm having a really good time. I've like wanted to play this role my entire life. Like, and not because I am the same, nothing like that. It just really is. It really has something to do with me versus the powers that be. If I'm being honest, I'm like so driven by taking down this, the whatever's in power. And, and then like, um, I'm awesome. Yeah. I'm very <laughs> well, I mean, your incarnation cross even mentions like a phoenix and that's all about like burning things down and being reborn into something else um and especially you have the the one through and your manifesting generator and they're like manifesting generators are rebels no matter what like we just tend to be very it's like very contained chaos energy manifesting generators 
Um, but you have a one three. And so that's someone who's very, very like involved in the living experience. Um, that's someone who like gets their hands dirty and like they're really here. Um, and so I feel like having that mixed with that Phoenix energy is like, you're here to really experience things and then let it blow up, um, and then create something beautiful out of it. So I feel like that makes a lot of sense with everything going on in your chart. Yeah, it is. Um, God, all that resonates so much. The amount of like life experience, uh, you know, which lends to the art and everything else. But I, I was like, I was in my late thirties before I realized early thirties, like how much life I had already crammed into life because I had no idea that like, it just didn't occur to me that, Oh, by the time I was, 20 years old, I had already been in mental institutions. I'd been in trouble with the law. I'd been in, you know, like I'd been in foster care. I was already married. I was a mother. I was working towards divorce. I was a born again Christian. I was, you know, um, and I have just always, and even if you look at my life, I live in fucking Tennessee now. I didn't know anybody in Tennessee five months ago. Like that's, that's like always, because I don't, it just feels like a waste of time. Like if we're not, I've been in a hundred movies on this bitch. Yeah. And um, that's so interesting that that's all like mapped out yeah. there. Has that, as a manifesting generator, has that been your experience? Um, somewhat. Um, I'm, mine is a bit more detached. Um, I'm, I don't have like hardly any threes in my profile. So like, I'm very like over here and I'm like watching the threes live and I'm like, okay, interesting. Um, but I have had several, I guess, periods of time where, like, I'll tell someone that, like, like, drugs I've done. They're like, you did what? Like, you, what? <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, but I was also, like, I thought I was going to go to school for theology. Like, I was a diehard, like, Christian. Um, I read the Bible, like, back and forth. Um, and then I had my drug phase because I worked at Apple and working at Apple that's just a thing that happens um and then now I have whatever phase I'm in right now which I don't really know um but there's certain elements of my personality that people don't really they didn't expect me to have lived that little mini life before I lived this one um so I've had several experiences not as much as the three would have um but I've had a few manifesting generators tend to live multiple lives in one life because we're going so fast and we're teleporting around um, sometimes you live multiple lives at the same time, like simultaneously. So like right now I'm an artist and a photographer and now I'm a reader and I like take care of my family. So like I'm doing multiple things at one time. Um, and I have to, or else I think I'll be really bored. I don't do well with being bored at all. It doesn't work out. Yeah, I'm better. I'm better at like having too much on my plate than not enough on my plate does. Um, I feel like I could ask you questions about this forever. Cause I want to ask about the numbers, but also um, some of this sounds like this manifesting generator energy sounds pretty Aquarian mm. to me. Um, right. Uh, yeah, actually. I, mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, because so manifesting generators, some people say that manifesting generators is like, that's the goal. That's what like more people are going to be born as manifesting generators. That's kind of like the ideal human, which I feel so weird about saying, but like, that's 
where we're it. heading. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's where we're heading um, because the energy just serves the universe really well um, because you can pivot so much and you can do so much in one lifetime. Um, and so manifesting generators tend to be very like forward thinking and moving people. Um, but also like the generation of people who quit jobs after two years, they're probably mostly manifesting generators. Um, and that's because they can't really stick with one thing and we're moving towards like being very, very multifaceted beings. Um, so I definitely can see manifesting generators as being very Aquarian for sure. That's interesting. Um, the, uh, the numbers that you're referencing, did we get into that? The, at all? Uh, um, profile. Cause I know that there's like some people are like a one oh, six. Yes. The profile yes. numbers, right? Um, so like a brief, a brief thing about the number. So when you have a smaller number in front of the bigger number, so like a one three, for instance, you are here to create karma. So you're here to plant the trees, like I said earlier. Um, if you have a larger number in front of a smaller number, like a five two, you're here to break down the trees and turn it into something else. So like transmuting generational trauma um, or like taking the old and making something new out of it. Um, and you can't really help it. That's one thing about it. Um, I tried to not do that i was like i don't want to gen i don't want to do the whole generational trauma thing i'm like uh, like i would rather just have my experience i don't want your experience mom and grandma um you guys can do that i will do mine and life was like no you're you're doing it um and so they tend to um like life will kind of force you to either figure like get like past life readings if you're someone with like that larger number you tend to do that um or you're someone who like tends to have a lot of trauma like with your parents you know about it you're usually aware of it so that you can transmute it um and so that's the main thing is like karmically the smaller number in front of the big number you're here for yourself um and then there's one that's off to the side and that's the four one and they're not really karmically here to create or destroy or like recreate karma they're just here to like live they have like a bonus life they're not they're not really affecting anything um they're just kind of like being alive and having their experience and that's a four one there's they're the only ones who have that ability um that's the first thing about the numbers um but another thing is that the first number in the little i don't even know what to call it in your profile um that's something that like you're aware of it's like a conscious experience for you and the second number is a bit more unconscious or people will notice this in you and they will bring it out of you um or tell you that these are things that are true about yourself um and so it, it's just basically telling you like the armor that you're wearing and whether or not you can transmute karma interesting um so if someone is here in this lifetime to create karma, mm -hmm. then they would probably have karma to clean up in the next life. Or to, I can see know, that. Um, I'm know. not sure. I haven't really like read anything about that, but that makes sense. Um, I'm sure that your soul wants to have the experience of transmuting karma um, to see what that feels like. Um, but yeah, but creating karma is a de definitely like a different experience. Like my mom, um, she's someone who like creates karma. And so I watched her life experience and she went through certain things that now I have to transmute because she created that karma, um, which is a good thing because there was karma that like my grandparents or like her sisters weren't dealing with. And so luckily I was able to see her experience and I'm like, oh, this stops at my generation. We're not doing this ever again. Like I'm done. 
Um, and so I was able to experience her karma and shift my family's direction around, which is what I'm actively doing right now. Wow. Is there, I'm curious if there's more, how many of each we've got right now? Oh. Like, is there a higher percentage of people? Um, Based off of readings, I do mostly reading for people who are creating karma. That, like, overwhelmingly, it's very rare for me to find someone who is actually transmuting karma this lifetime. Which is really confusing to me. I didn't expect that because people talk about transmutation so much. Um, But what I think people are doing, and maybe they're not realizing this, I think people are having internal shifts um, and thinking that they are like ending a generational curse, but really like they're creating a new standard of living for their generation. Um, And so I don't know if transmutation happens as often as people think it does when it comes to generational trauma. Um, But like right. transmutation happens in several different parts of your chart. So like manifesting gener- generators in general, um, we kind of like eat things and we use the fuel to create something else um, and to create energy for other people. So like that's a form of transmutation, um, but it's not like generational or past life karma that's being repaired. That makes a lot of sense. Cause I don't feel uh, I, for one, don't feel connected to any past lives. And I, Atlantis. That's it. There's something about Atlantis. And then I have like memories of Egypt. Mm. I have memories of us like storing our, our consciousness on, on the thing and then moving out of bodies. Like I, but like, yeah, when I woke up, um, I like remembered that in a dream. And then that's the only thing I feel connected to. I don't feel connected to any history since then. But, uh, and then there's something about Atlantis that is, I've been slowly unpacking. It was like another ascension, uh, something went wrong, whatever went wrong, I was right about it and nobody listened to me. There's something like very triggering there. I'm still unpacking this Atlantean wounds. Me and Lola were uh, involved in it together. Um, and that, and then I remember people, like I meet people and I'm like, oh yeah, we've been, we've been hanging out for a while, but like nothing about any lies. And it could be that you're like very bringing strange. that energy to the earth at this time, rather than shifting the old energy, you're bringing in like a new energy yeah. and it's, cause I think we all have past lives, um, but you might not be like working out your past life. You might be like, hey, we messed up. Here's this, like, I'm giving you guys this to work with, fix it. Like get it together. I'm yeah. bringing you all of I've we've experienced this already. Do this. Here you go. I'm bringing you all this Atlantis energy. That's so interesting. Yeah. So like the, the reason I don't feel a connection to those past lives, cause I'm assuming I've had them obviously, but like is because I don't have that karmic connection to my past lives. Cause I'm not working out any karma. That makes a lot of sense. I also throw around the word transmute a lot. Um, when I'm talking about shifting reality from the old format to the new uh, format, because you are kind of turning the lead of, uh, you know, the old oppressive systems into the gold of like autonomy. But um, I just think that that's a different type of transmutation. Yeah. I think that that's not, um, right. it's very like present day. Like it's not like a past life or generational thing necessarily um, that you're always talking about, but like it's, it's, something that you're like you can see it in front of us that's it's being shifted like right here 
Um, whereas right. like with my mom's shame, I can't really see it. I didn't, I honestly didn't really know about it as much. Um, and like, like sexual shame was like a part of it. And I had a conversation with her about that. And then she like revealed these things to me that I had no idea about. And I'm like, what? Like, that's why I feel like this. You didn't tell me that. Um, you definitely passed it down and I have to fix it. <laughs> so, but it's cool. I signed up for that. That's so fucking interesting. Um, this just makes me want to take like a census of everyone I know. <laughs> like, let me get, this is how it was when I found out about astrology. I was like, all right, I need everyone's birthdays so that my brain can make like a, a, but I'm really curious, like what most people, it's so weird to me how everyone's a projector. Everyone I've asked so far is a projector. You have a lot of guides around, which makes sense um, because you're talking yeah. to a lot of people and they're probably feeding you a lot of wisdom just by being in their vicinity. Um, being in the vicinity of projectors is great because that feeds you wisdom that they don't even know that they have. Projectors have a really hard time seeing themselves um, and they don't always know that they're as wise as they are, um, but they have access to information. Like, well, reflectors and projectors have so much access to information stored in their bodies. Do they have a hard time being seen? Yes, very hard time being seen. Um, I consider projectors, I, I like. I feel like they're kind of like glass birds in a tree. Um, and so they're kind of see-through, but they, they, can I, can you, can you hear me still? Okay. I can my, hear you. my, my AirPods mm -hmm. are dying, I think. Um, but they live in a tree. They're up there being glass. It's hard to see them. Um, and so it's really important that they're like maybe sharing the things that they feel wise about, like on the internet maybe, or, um, something like that, but trying to fly down. Like imagine if a glass bird, like flew down in front of you and like try to tell you about yourself, you wouldn't be very comfortable with that. You're like, why is there this, what, are, where did you come from? Why are you telling me these truths about myself? I feel so weird. Please go away. Um, and so that tends to be very projector energy. They tend to hide up in the trees. They, it's hard to see them. Um, but what happens is when they're like sharing their wisdom or when they guide someone, um, people kind of walk past the tree and they see like a glint, they see like a shimmer in the tree. And they're like, what is that? Is that like, what's going on and they'll go and they'll approach the tree and they're like hey can you come down here and then when that happens people are able to receive the projector wisdom um but they're not, they're not really meant to be out in the front like yelling at people um projector energy is very distant until it's not and then it goes back to being distant fuck that is uh so accurate my god um i don't before your airpods die uh, I want, so you do readings I on do. human design. You do readings. Okay. Can you tell everyone where to yes. find those? Just in um, case my website is pthefairy.com. It's P-E-A-T-H-E-F-E-A-R-Y.com. Um, and that's where you can book readings. You just hit like work Excellent. with me and then it'll do the thing. Okay. And then, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about... Uh, I guess you probably don't have long if those are about to um, die, right? Do you have other headphones? Let's see. Actually, I might have other headphones. There we go. There we go. And we're back. These remote podcasts, I refuse to ever do remote <laughs> podcasts before COVID, and now they're my life, and uh, it's a real pain in the ass. But if, uh, yeah, we change the audio, then it does this. Um, so we couldn't decide, I couldn't decide if we were going to say the name of the person, but I think, uh, I, whenever I try to not 
speak specifically about specific instances, it gets too abstract and confusing. So we both follow uh, the holistic psychologist. She's uh, a huge fan of her work. She does a lot of these like very like bite size um, memes about trauma yeah. and uh, codependency and stuff. And so they, they weirdly usually align with stuff that we've been talking about on the podcast. Uh, they're great for just throwing in the stories. And I can't remember the name of the other person that I follow who also talks about trauma. She always puts tigers on her memes. Oh. I think I've um, seen them, but I don't know who, I don't know her name. Okay. So she, uh, she is also like a psychotherapist. I think she's pretty anti-woo. Um, mm-hmm. She's definitely anti-spiritual bypassing, but she has a lot of good stuff about um, trauma as well. And uh, I, but she had recently seemed as if she was kind of going on, it was right around the time of the Interdependence Bill of Rights. And the Interdependence Bill of Rights, and I just, with everything else going on, haven't had a ton of time to like revisit the nuances of this. But Mm -hmm. then uh, the moment that we are currently having is a great opportunity to talk about the nuances of this. Is the idea behind like, clear cut, you're responsible for your own happiness. You have the right to happiness. You don't have the right, like this, like very black and white is because we are so enmeshed Mm -hmm. with people in a way that stops us from being happy. You know, when it's your problem that I'm unhappy, like that takes my ability to make myself happy. Like now, uh, if, uh, I love you and I want a relationship with you, then, um, of course that's a little bit different than, uh, uh, that's not the example I want. Like if we are in a connection, a friendship, familial, uh, romantic connection, and I have hurt you, then that's not the time to be like, I don't owe anyone anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, that's the time to make amends. That's the time to hear you and to see you and to, uh, and to make things right. Um, however, let's say in situations, this has been really big this year with like parental, like, um, enmeshment, uh, where parents have a lot of ideas of what their children owe them. And that never resonated with me. I was like, my kids are their own beings and, you know, I'm not going to guilt my daughter into calling me, uh, if she doesn't want to call me, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was 5 million different places, but, uh, the conversation I noticed had shifted from this other, uh, content provider who I forget her, her handles, just something that I don't remember, uh, combination of words. I'm, um, now I have to look it up. Starts with an S. Anyway, I noticed that she had started really going after uh, spirituality, it seemed like. And it was right after Interdependent Bill of Rights. And it was a lot of things that I said in Interdependent Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. even. And I was like, does this woman listen <laughs> to the podcast and hate me? You know, it's my own like... Um, and even anytime I put something out that's so black and white like that, it's like it'll... 
it'll sit and bother me because I'm like, okay, I could think of a million ways, like times that there are paradoxes here that this doesn't apply. But anyway, Jesus Christ, we'll edit that out. Um, I think that it was, I have decided that it's her versus the holistic psychologist. And I think that the (laughs) holistic psychologist was getting called on using interdependence as a spiritual bypassing of the experience of people of color. Am I saying that right? Um, And I have seen it a couple other places since then where we want to run all the way up to, uh, well, we're all one or everyone came here and is experiencing exactly what they wanted to experience. Or, uh, you know, um, I can't remember the ones in that thread. And then anybody saying, hey, can you acknowledge my experience? Or can we talk about my trauma? Or can we talk about times that you caused harm? We are now saying, no, you're projecting. Yeah. Yeah. And I I guess, like, so my feelings about that um, are that at some point, like, you like you've caused pain by being born literally coming out of a vagina you cause pain like your your mom was in pain um by you being born and so i think that it's important to recognize that we're able to cause pain um and that we probably have we've stepped on a bug and you killed a bug you've caused pain you've literally murdered a living creature um and so recognizing that is not the same as taking on the responsibility of someone's pain necessarily but recognizing it and seeing that like oh i have caused another being pain okay this is causing some sort of energy like this this causes some sort of like chemical reaction when you cause pain something happens it's it's true that energy is shifted in some way and so to say that like you're not res- like I didn't cause pain to like deny that I feel like is lying and lying to yourself does more harm than good. Um, so I think it's really important to see like, Oh wait, by me, we'll just say stepping on a bug by me stepping on this bug. I have caused the loss of life in an insect that has caused some sort of energetic shift. Okay. So what can I do now with this energy that I just released into the universe? What can I do with this? Because this thing used to be alive and now it's not because of me. Hmm. I can plant a flower instead, or I can, I don't know, give someone a gift or something like that, but like recognize the fact that you caused pain. It doesn't mean that you have to save the person who you've caused pain. I'm not, I don't, I don't think that you technically have like an obligation to that, but to pretend like you didn't do that is a lot. Like it's, it's a lie. You're not, you're not telling the truth. Um, and that's what I'm all about. Um, and I feel like you're losing energy. Um, and honestly, like I have a bit of a different view than maybe some people. Um, but like, for instance, with, um, being black, I don't feel personally me. I do not feel like white people are responsible for my existence. I don't think that they have to pay me, um, more money because they're white. Um, however, I would like for people to acknowledge that like there, there has been a systemic shift. Like there's, there's some sort of energy 
that's not like at the same level like at least recognize that that's true don't don't lie that that's what makes me upset i'm like why are you you we can all see this why are you acting like it's not real um and so by white people acknowledging the fact that there is a systemic difference in between the lives of them and the lives of black people i feel like seeing it and saying like oh i don't that that energy difference is something that i don't accept i don't like that like we're supposed to be equal as humans which is what right. i think a lot of spiritual people are trying to say is like oh we're all equal we're all one and it's like no we're supposed to be one and we're not that's the thing and so by you saying that like oh no there's no difference like you can't tell me that I, it's my fault that this is different. I'm not trying to blame you for anything. I just want you to acknowledge the truth of what's happening. Because when you acknowledge that, because you are a divine, spiritual, love, light-filled being naturally, you're going to want to shift it. You're going to want to change that energy. And so right now, I think a lot of people are realizing like, oh, there is a difference. Like something, there's something's going on that's not okay. Like there's separation happening here. Um, and as a divine being, I want to repair that separation. But ignoring the separation is a lie. I, I that, and I just feel like that's not fair to anybody. Um, and so I guess like that's why I've been really focused on like the spiritual healing of like the black collective because I'm like, well, by you healing, I feel like it's gonna cause some sort of shift. Like I, I can focus on the healing. I'm hoping that white people will focus on the fact that there's a difference. I hope that you're able to see what is actually going on. And by you being a loving human being, you're going to want to make a change. You're not going to want to do that anymore, or you're going to want to equalize us. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping you do that. Um, but I'll focus on black people because I incarnated as a black person. And so I'll focus on, on you guys. Cause that's the energy that I am portraying this lifetime. Um, so yeah, I just think that I just don't like people lying. I don't want people to lie because it doesn't make, it's a really bad idea. <laughs> I feel like, um, lying to ourselves is, is, it's not great. Um, and by acknowledging what we've done, we can shift it. If you don't acknowledge it, you can't shift it. It's just going to get worse. Acknowledging it is so huge. Um, like deeply embedded, entrenched, like racism programming is uh programming and it is like uh codependency is a is a program not, not to minimalize it but in the in the the way that you heal programming people ask me all the time like well I have this attachment system how do I get rid of it I have this 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 fear programming I have this like um poverty mentality like how do I get rid of these things and the biggest thing you can do is observe it watch it, watch how it operates inside of you. Watch when it gets triggered, watch the things that it does. Like, don't even take action, just watch it. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to exist as something separate than you. And then you can address it and you can shrink it and shrink it and shrink it. But it doesn't want you to do that. It doesn't like these programs want you to identify with them. So in denying them and this particular program, uh, a lot of our programs are difficult to admit to ourselves because a lot of that hides in our shadow. This particular one comes with so much guilt and remorse and ancestral and everything else. And I, and I get it, but just admitting it, not that that's the end, but just admitting it and then observing it in ourselves and just doing that work and being like, Oh shit, here it is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and 
Okay. Here's when it gets triggered. Oh, here's when I gaslight. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. exactly. Exactly. Like notice the fact that for some reason, when black people are saying like, oh, hey, like the world isn't exactly um, pitted in our favor. Um, if that makes you upset for some reason, figure like, why are you upset? Why, why does that make you feel this way? What's going on? Um, because if you just act like, oh, well, this black person, they're trying to make me responsible for their issues. And it's like, so l- let's just pretend that this, this is a simulation, which is what we all believe. What the black person is doing for you is showing you that you are not okay with the idea that you might have like some sort of privilege. Um, you're not okay with the idea that like, there might be things going in your favor. Um, and like, let's say we don't even talk about like whiteness and blackness. We'll talk about um, like a privilege that I have that I had a hard time making sense of is like the, the, the way that I speak um, is very clear. And it's, I was raised in like the suburbs. So it's easy for me to communicate with a certain group of people. Like, I guess people who are in a, like a higher, uh, like, I guess, what is it? Money? class or something like that um and I didn't like that people would bring that up because I'm like well like my life is still hard and you're saying that because I speak in a certain way that um that I am somehow um not deserving of my suffering like I don't I don't get to deserve the pain that I feel because I have this thing that I can do um and it's like, oh, like you, you want to be deserving of your pain. Like you, you want to feel like um, you have ownership of your pain. You don't want anyone to tell you that there is something that can make your life easier. You don't want anyone to like open that door for you. That's interesting. What, like, why don't you like, look at that? What, take a look at what that means. Um, and so even if you don't want to recognize the black experience as, as one that, um, is not, I guess, or is a bit more painful. Like if you don't want to look at it that way, maybe, I don't even, I don't, I can't, I'm like, if you, I don't know, if you want to look at that, talk to yourself about why you don't want to look about, look at that. I wonder if it makes people feel like, uh, it takes their, accomplishments away because I grew up poor addicted parents a lot of trauma sexual abuse became an addict myself teenage mom uh high school dropout uh and then I um you know built my life up from scratch and like um and uh but there's I don't I when the concept of privilege was introduced to me Um, I just, there was no part of me, I think that ever thought like, I don't know, it just really resonated. I was like, oh yeah, I just know like, cause I've always been a huge pain in the ass for cops to deal with. And I know that my like black friends couldn't do that. Like I was like mouthy and annoying for cops to deal with. And, uh, um, they couldn't do that. You know, I, uh, it just, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't, 
I don't know that that particular thing wasn't like triggering for me, but when I watch it trigger people, I mean, at this point, come on, but at the, I watch it be triggering for people. And I think what they're hearing sometimes is that we're saying that they didn't accomplish anything on their own and that it was just handed to them. Yeah. And, um, I, like, that's not what's being said, but it is, but there's just a ton, like, I don't know. I've, I'm trying to, like, talk about it more in the podcast. I've talked about it on other podcasts, but just the g- programming. I mean, I could talk, um, I already talked about this on an episode that hasn't come out yet, but just basic programming from childhood. Uh, my kids never saw a superhero movie till a superhero movie came out about, or that was women. Because I understand programming. Mm. And uh, this is why representation is so important. So imagine growing up and no, no one looks like you on the television. Now think about how we understand subconscious programming and how we are creating these avatars from childhood. And then you spend your entire adult life trying to fix the things that your parents think about your parents, not mirroring back your feelings and that turning you into someone who can't even feel your feelings now have all of society say that one race is the baseline and everyone else is an other. That there, that's a period. Now there's your privilege is that you you don't have to undo your entire childhood's worth of programming and try to figure out where you fit in this picture. Right. Um, and I, uh, go ahead. I just feel like people don't, um, they don't want to feel responsible for, um, the black experience, which I understand. I think that that makes sense. Um, but it's almost like people's reaction, um, it's it's rejecting everything because they don't want the responsibility and it's like oh so you're rejecting the truth because you feel like somehow the truth makes you responsible um and i i, I just feel like that um i don't know it's like a like a deflection i guess um that deflecting um I I understand it because I feel like if someone was to like, even with arguments with partners, when they tell you like, you made me feel like this, my first reaction is like, whoa, like you can't tell me that I made you feel anything. Um, But what's helpful for everyone is for me to acknowledge the truth that like they're hurt. Like you are feeling pain. This is true. Like whether or not I feel like I caused it, you're feeling pain and it's directed at me. And because I love you, I'm going to try to help you shift this. Um, and it, I, it could be the truth that I caused you pain. Maybe when I was like, when I was asleep, I slapped you in the face and I cut you and I didn't mean to cut you, but you woke up with the cut. And so to me, this for me to like wake up next to you and you're like, Hey, you cut me and me be like, no, I didn't cut you. I wasn't awake when I did that. You can't tell me that I didn't do like, that's what does that help? Go get them a bandaid. Like, right. You know? Um, so I just, I feel like, the the rejection um is something that needs to be 
worked on. Um, and of course, that's like that's happening right now, and it's kind of going too far in the other way a little bit. Like people are washing people's feet and like bowing down. To, and I'm like, y'all need to. Um, I don't know, and wearing kente cloths, and I'm like, what's going uh, on? Like, it's like people trying to do an impression of empathy, and they're yeah. like, is this what it looks like? <laughs> it is. Uh, whoo. Um, so a little bit, cause this is such a perfect example of spiritual bypassing and such a perfect example of an opportunity for spiritual bypassing. And something that Tierra and I talked about last week on the podcast was how that fourth dimensional awakening, that like mental space awakening is essentially spiritual bypassing because it's like the first level. So the first level just gets you the basics. It's like everything happens for a reason. Everything is connected. There is no right and wrong, no good or bad, whatever. Okay, so you have those basics. But then to get higher into higher dimensions, you have to go through the uh, emotional space and that's the heart space. And at that point, Everything has to be answered for. It has to be cleared. Energy imbalances have to be reconciled. Um, you have to feel your feelings and you have to get really real. You're eventually one day, it's almost like we go through all these steps and then we do event, like we do end up in this higher dimensional thing where yes, we're all one, whatever, but you can't get up there with this gigantic energetic imbalance and karmic load, you can't get up there with that. And so in order to get to that space, we have to do the work first. And so uh, that's where we start throwing platitudes at places where there needs to be work. So like uh, the last three years, many of us spent figuring out our attachment systems and, you know, uh, our childhood trauma. We spent a few years before that figuring out our sexual trauma, uh, the imbalances between uh, men and women on this planet, this, the, the struggle for rights for, uh, you know, um, gay people. And we like, we've been balancing all this stuff and none of that could you have thrown everything happens for a reason at because it doesn't, work. I mean, yeah, that's true. However, one person is carrying all of the eggs and the other person has no eggs in their basket and you can't, there is no balance there. You can't, we're trying to restore the natural balance and we can't do that. You can't just throw platitudes at that. So that's when it becomes spiritual bypassing. Yeah. And I feel like to be able to ascend, like you have to recognize that there's multiple dimensions happening at one time and to try to like throw a blanket statement of like everything happens for a reason or like we're all one over the experience of someone who you know is not there yet like there i would say 97% of the population isn't there yet like they're not okay with that statement um and so for you to say like well this is the truth and you guys need to get over it like how are you going to ascend everyone if you are like cutting off the ability to speak to them like they can't hear you anymore um and because like you've experienced what it feels like to not have that now experience the feeling of like having that awakening you know where they're at like you've you you at this point are like at the you're the what is it the better person not the better person but like you know when you're in an bigger argument person. Like, bigger person there you go um t bigger like you're the more expanded person and so you've had their experience and so to to 
put this blanket statement over their experience means that you don't understand the experience that you had yet. You, cause you're, you must still be in it because if you understood where they're at, you're not going to tell them those things because they're not going to hear it. Like, cause you know that when you were back, when you were living in that place, you wouldn't be like, you couldn't hear that. If someone told you, um, after you were like, I don't know, sexually assaulted or something like that. And someone told you like, like right after it happened, everything happens for a reason. You would probably smack. You would. Yes. You would hurt them. Um, and so to like expect that from other people means that you aren't fully out of it yet. You're, you don't, you didn't get through it yet. Um, because you're not able, you're not able to see them yet, which means that you're still in it. If you can't fully see another person, you're still in that, in that you might be like moving and you've learned these wisdoms and things like that. But like to not understand other, like the, the previous dimensions and that there's tons of people living in that dimension. I don't, I don't think that you're getting as far as you might think you're getting. Right. And there's so, uh, you know, interdependence bill of rights is a lot of people holding each other emotionally hostage. Uh, A lot of people, basically what I'm saying uh, in interdependence is that a lot of people are in dynamics they don't want to be in because they're afraid of looking like the bad guy and saying like, hey, this just isn't working, whatever. Um, There are certain dynamics where you can't, you know, like I don't, with the exception of like a completely fucking toxic parent who's doing damage on you, you know, you're obviously not going to walk on your mom. But uh, you can set boundaries, you know, and say, like, I'm not available for this. It's a lot of communicating, a lot of talking. But I find that the more healed we get, the less defensive we Mm -hmm. get and the more space we have for things. And so I've had people confront me uh, in the last, like, few months. And uh, I was able to just, because it's not... I have less stories than I've ever had about my own unworthiness and my own badness, you know? And so when, when people come and confront me, there are times where they have said things and I've been like, Oh fuck, I didn't even realize I was doing that to you. Let me fix that. Whatever. There are other times where I've been like, this doesn't resonate with me. I'm not going to tell you you're projecting. I'm not going to tell you this is your story. I'm not going to write you off because I love you and care about you. And I want to have a connection with you. Right. Um, I am not going to pile this on to some wound that I have about me being a bad person and and whatever. I'm going to go back and I'm going to spend some time thinking about it because uh, typically I'm going to be triggered when I'm being confronted. So I'm not sure that I can be truthful with myself. And I'm going to search and, and, and consider the things that you've said. And I'm going to search for my search for those things in myself. And then we'll come back and talk about it. But in the meantime, I'm sorry that you've been having that experience. I'm sorry if I've contributed to that experience in any way. I love you and care about you. And I have space to figure this out with you. And, you know, it's a lot of talking right now for yeah. us. I think we eventually get to a place where it's an energy exchange and we don't have to do that. Um, uh, but that's a lot of like... That's how interdependence works in relationships. And uh, I find that if I am defensive about something, it is because I'm desperately afraid it's true. Mm. When someone says you're being, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of something I get. Um, 
something I am like that I have been afraid of and I, I've healed this wound recently, but I've been afraid of creating a cult being, you know, no, hold on. That's not on. I'm been afraid of being perceived as someone who's creating a cult when I know, and this is something I had to work through recently. The aliens were like, Jessa, uh, you know, damn what, like I'm too obsessed with autonomy. I don't want anyone else's power. I don't want anyone else to follow me. I don't want that responsibility, but like, I'm actually like, just want to see people step into their own power. And then together we overthrow the government. I don't want the power. And I won't even like, I can barely tell my kids what to do because I'm so obsessed with the idea of autonomy. But I'm afraid of being perceived that way. So what I end up doing is I end up almost kind of feeding into that narrative in certain spaces where people can use that against me and I'll immediately like cower or jump through hoops to prove it's not true or whatever because I'm secretly afraid that people see me that way. And I healed that wound recently because it kept coming up until finally the aliens were like, is that true? do you want to lead a cult? And I'm like, no, it sounds like a fucking nightmare. I can't even tell my kids to go to bed at night. Like, I'm just like, you're an autonomous being. When do you want to sleep? You know? Um, and so as I healed that now, when people accuse me, uh, or not accuse me, but it gets thrown around. It's, it's usually a great way to shut me up about something. They throw that cult shit out. I just go like, yeah, I don't know. It's t- I'm not starting a cult. I don't. It's like now it's just a running joke. It's like I don't. It doesn't make me feel defensive because I'm not afraid that it's true anymore. Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of the same thing when someone says you've hurt me or I've been hurt in this space or I've been hurt in this system is really what we're talking about right now. Like I've been in this system that has like benefited uh, us. Other people have been hurt. And that does suck to find out. But the defensiveness really comes from a fear that we are, we are complicit. Is that the word I'm looking for? In that. And we kind of are. And that's just like, there's so much freedom in just going like, yeah, I bet I have done that. I am that. And I'm just going to find it and fix it. Like, that's the beautiful thing here is like, we can just get better. Yeah. And that's such like, that's how that opening that heart space up and just going like, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Just, just going to get better. Let's just get better. It's it's back you know? to like acknowledging things. Um, because like, I, I have a theory that when people project things on you for long enough and you don't acknowledge the fact that you're receiving that projection, you'll eventually become that thing that people are projecting on you. Um, and so it's almost like, it's like morphing you by them looking at you. Cause you have, um, there's this, Oh, uh, hold on. This is interesting. Um, have you ever heard about like the, 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 I think the atoms that like jump around, they like, they change based off like whether or not someone is looking at them. Yeah. Um, so I think that that happens with people. And if see people continue to perceive you in a certain way and they project on you over and over again, like this is, this is this person, this is this person, this is this person. And you don't acknowledge the fact that you're being hit with these projections that like you're being morphed in someone else's eyes. If you don't acknowledge that within yourself, eventually you'll find yourself in a scenario where you're like, how did I even get here? Like, how did I become this person? What just happened over the last 10 years or whatever? Um, And so it's important to acknowledge the projections that are hitting you and take the responsibility for them rather than allowing them to like change you. You're like, wait, I'm being perceived this way. Okay. Let me like, I'm going to hold it in this space and just observe the fact that I'm being perceived in this way. 
All right. Is that is that true? Is this who you want to become? No. Okay. So I will allow them to make their projections, but I know the truth. I, like I know what's happening. I know what what I believe, and that will determine your path. But if you don't acknowledge it, and you just let the energy get thrown at you over and over again, it'll it'll morph you or contort you into something else. Um, and that's why I think it's so important to acknowledge um, the projections that are being thrown at you. Um, I think it's it's your responsibility to acknowledge the projections. It's not your responsibility to, responsibility to make the other person feel better about you. You don't have to go and tell the person, like, I'm not this person. Um, but you have to ask yourself, like, wait, there is some sort of window here. Um, and I'm able to receive this, like, I'm, I'm receiving this projection for some reason. Um, what's going on? Like, how are they able to reach me in this way? Like, where is this window in my, in my perception? How are they able to like throw this in me? I don't understand. Um, so yeah, I think it's just really, really important to like acknowledge the projections. Um, you don't have to fix it for anybody else, fix it for yourself, but yeah. That's really interesting. So um, have you ever experienced the thing? Because I feel like we are playing roles for each other. And I have experienced something recently as I become more and more aware of my stories and how powerful they are, um, where I have hijacked other people's behavior. And uh, so this is where it gets vague if I'm not specific. Like I have a story about like, relationships where I get you you brought me here and left me right so it's this childhood thing where my I guess my dad left me with my mom and so then every romantic relationship I get into and I've learned like through healing that like I created a lot of this so like uh the relationship's great in the beginning and then I start to feel abandoned in the relationship and then when I was young, especially, I had very toxic ways of, of like dealing with that. So I pushed the person away. And then I would be like, aha, proof, proof that you brought me here and left me. And it's like, well, I don't know what you're throwing things at his face. I don't know what you want. <laughs> uh, he's being distant. Yeah. I, you locked him out. Um, but uh, I, as I like healed that and worked through that, there have been experiences where I like um, uh, energetically the story has like taken hold of the person's behavior. And that because we're awake, I've been like, do you notice that you're uh, kind of, you know, like checked out or distant? And then he's like, yeah, I don't know why. And I was like, do you think that's my story? my desire, sorry, desire to, to play that story again. Am I hijacking this? Re Cause it's not, I would tell you, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. But like part of me wants that, that story is such a huge part of me. And in that's all we did was just observe it. And he goes, I mean, I don't want to blame you, but maybe. And then I was like, damn, all right, I'm going to work on that. And I did, I just observed it and was like, is there a part of me that wants to do that story again? And there is, and it's a rogue part and it's programming. So I just observed it. And then that went away. And I think that's so interesting when you have like people in your life who like are asking you to play a role. I had someone in my life who just wanted me to abandon them. And, uh, I, I would just like space out. I would be doing things from a place of just obliviousness, but it would almost be a trance. And like I, so, uh, 
thought I introduced her to somebody when he came in the house, but then I didn't, I guess, but in my head I did. And then she's like, Oh, hello. And, but I already was like aware of this person wanting me to abandon them. Like, and, but I kept doing it and then I'm like, what the fuck? It wasn't my intention. Yeah. Have you experienced anything like that? Yes, (laughs) definitely. Um, I have, um, with, uh, like a partner of mine, I, I think they wanted me to like be distant. I didn't think they, I don't think they wanted to trust me. Um, and like, I could feel myself like I didn't reply to text and I always reply to text messages but like I wasn't replying to their text messages um but I like this person um but like it would just skip my mind like I just wouldn't think about it or like I would be at a party and I'm like on my Instagram like filming the party and there's like a ton of like beautiful people around and then they're like I had to I'm uncomfortable with the fact that you didn't tell me you're going to this party. And it's like, I totally forgot to tell you I was going to this party filled with beautiful people. I didn't think about that. Um, whereas like in the relationship I am now, I feel like I'm very informative. Um, and I'm very, like we have a pretty good level of communication. And I think that's because he expects that of me. Um, and he expects that from his relationships. Like it's a standard that he's decided for himself. He's like, communication will be had and so I can find myself being almost over communicative with him I'm telling him things I really don't have to tell him and I'm like I just feel like I need to call you and tell you this I don't know why but I'm gonna tell you how I feel um but that's what he wants from a relationship and so I keep doing that um and so but also I'm okay with it that's that's the thing like I'm okay with the way that his projection is shifting me I'm all right with that um but if I was getting projected on and I didn't like the behaviors that I was doing based off someone's projection, I need to acknowledge what's happening to me. And I have to be like, Hey, um, I'm being distant and I don't know why I'm being distant. Uh, let's talk about this, this distance that's happening here. Or the fact that you think that I don't care about you. Like, let's, let's figure that out. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely happened and I've shifted it. Um, but I, that's a real thing. I think it goes both ways. God, it's so interesting. I love like how complicated the game is getting and how now as we are becoming like more and more conscious, that was another thing on that thread and that we got to wrap it up soon. uh, It will be, it won't let me fit it on one episode, but uh, I feel like I could talk to you for days. So we got to do this again. Um, That was another thing in that thread was just clumping people in conscious or unconscious, which is Mm -hmm. easy to do when we're feeling attacked by normal people and whatever. But ultimately, it's like, do you want to share a a paradigm with this person or not? And it's fine if you don't. But if you do want to share a paradigm with them, you do have to put work and effort in. So it isn't just being a selfish piece of shit and telling everyone to meet you where you're at. Um, But you can say, like, this is exhausting. This person lives in a completely different reality than me. They're constantly putting demands on me. They don't see me for for who I am. They don't want to understand me, so I don't want to share a paradigm with them. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But if you are sharing a paradigm with someone uh, and you're both conscious, it's so fun to to be able to have conversations like – because you're outside of the blame space and the fault space because you're, like, past that, right? So you're, like – I'm being distant and uh, this is not normally how I am. And I know you have a story about Mm -hmm. distance and not being loved. 
right? So like, and that was something that we had kind of recognized was like, oh, our stories match the story of yeah. you don't love, right? And I don't, I don't, yep. I, nobody, like I'm ditched, right? And so we were able to be like, okay, and the, and it's and it's intense because it's like, okay, put the stories aside for a second because the stories really want to be there and have us yelling at each other and blaming each other. But we get to put that aside and say, uh, and you have to like really be open in that space because your security system says like, Oh no, no, no. You're not going to tell me that you're being distant because of my story. Right. Right. Yeah. And like, I feel like what helps is I, I will take responsibility for my behavior. Like I seem to be acting like this. This isn't normally how I act. How are you feeling right now? Like what's going on in your head? I need to understand what's happening here. Um, because there might be some shifts that need to be made. Um, and because I am conscious enough to know these things, like my partner, he's not very like woo woo um but he's yeah. a he's a pisces so like he he's very he's woo woo without being woo woo like he's pre-existing condition yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly like, i'm like okay he's just kind of in, he's there um but if there is like a weird disagreement i will acknowledge it i'm like i try to figure out what what's happening energetically inside of myself and i will like let him know i'm like hey um i'm feeling like this how are you where are you at right now what's going on with you and then he'll tell me and i'm like okay well it seems like you're reflecting me in this way um and i'm gonna resolve my side in this way and if you want to look at your side feel free um and he usually does but i have the i have to bring it up because i'm the one who has like the consciousness who like to who, who i can hold both sides i can hold what his experience and I can hold mine. And so the fact that I can see both means that I need to acknowledge both. Um, That's my responsibility at this point. I've decided to be responsible for both, I guess, experiences, not fully, but I've, I've decided to understand him in a certain way. Um, And it just makes it a lot easier when I'm able to bring these things up and like put them on the table. I'm like, here's what's going on from my side. You can have your side. Let's, talk about this um yeah because something's weird and both sides are valid that's the other thing is we spend so much time in like destroying relationships trying to like argue for which one is right and it's like both sides are valid how much you care about this relationship is uh directly proportionate to how much space you want to hold for the other side you know yep um, I love this so much, and I, but I don't want to have to break this up into sure. two episodes. Um, where can people find you again? One more time. Um, pthefairy.com. So P-E-A-T-H-E-F-E-A-R-Y.com. And then on Instagram, it's at P-E-A-T-H-E-F-E-A-R-Y, at pthefairy. Amazing. Um, I would love to do this again. Yes. If you're into it. For sure. All right. One other thing I want to talk about, and if you want me to take it out, I'll take it out. But you're doing something on Instagram. Yes. Um, I've been basically collecting uh, practitioners who are willing to give members of the Black and Indigenous community, um, like, healing services for free. So, like, astrology readings, energy healing, Reiki, things like that. Um, And you can feel free to DM me what you're willing to offer and, like, what your capacity is. And then I just screenshot it and I post it on my Instagram and then... I'm kind of like funneling black people towards me to look at my, my stories um, and give them access to healing. Cause I feel like that's the best way that I can help with what's going on right now. Um, since like active activism, isn't my thing. Um, I feel like this is my version of activism. 
Healing. I love it. So that's something that if uh, people listening, because there's a lot of practitioners that listen to this, they can just message you. Yes. And uh, awesome. I love it. Um, I'm not doing readings anymore. Well, I'm doing uh, when I'm available to do readings, I will announce it on Instagram, Patreon and the Soberish group. And I will open my bookings for that day or the next day or something. But um, it's been weird for people who are booking weeks in advance. And then by the time we get on the phone, I'm in weird energy. They don't remember what they set the appointment for. So I've just decided to live a little more in the day. I'm also really trying to get imagination project up and running by July. So, um, uh, follow me on one of those so that you can, if you are interested in a reading, if you've gotten readings in the past and we've already kind of established something and you really need one, you can send me an email, but, um, Jessa Reed Comedy on Twitter and Instagram, Imagination Project uh, website. If you are a practitioner and want to get listed on there, it's Imagination with a Z instead of a T, project.org. Um, and uh, I feel like there was something else, but I can't. Oh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Jessa Reed. I'm going to be doing a lot focusing my energy on Patreon rather than readings as far as like a day job. So, um, that is free or not free bonus content, podcast episodes, energy updates, live chats, whatever. Um, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to do this again. I feel like we could have done this for five hours. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> super fun. Thank you. Oh, Mark says bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> bye.